the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning. We're live. This is Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. Special, super special show here today. I'm coming to you from St. Augustine, Florida. Ken, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing just well, Doc. How's everything in St. Augustine this morning? It's going well, except I can't get my video running here, bud. I don't know what happened. Well, <clears throat> they can hear you. <laughs> they can hear me. They can't see me, but they can hear me. That's right, exactly. And that's uh, radio is what it's all about right now, Doc. So um, it's all radio, buddy boy. That's right. So say hello to the people on Facebook for me. And uh, how is St. Augustine? What have you seen? I love that little city. That's one of my favorite places. St. Augustine is a gorgeous city, Ken. It is really a jewel. It's one of the crown jewels in the Florida Tierra, as you know, and uh, we're very proud of it. Very busy, though, Ken. I'm shocked at the number of people here. It's just really uh, out, of, out of control. I want uh, want my money back, <laughs> but I don't think there's <laughs> too many people. I love the uh, fort but, over there. I got over to the fort a couple oh, of times when I was there. fort's beautiful, and we've got... Uh, uh, gorgeous weather. It's just been beautiful weather. And you've got a nice breeze coming off the Atlantic. You know, it's a few degrees cooler when you get down to the water. So that that's a good thing. Uh, now, here's the thing, Ken. This city was founded around 1550. Did you know that? I didn't know it was that early. Yeah. Is that before Jamestown? Early. Is that before Jamestown and all that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and because uh, Jamestown was 1607, I think. 16 something or another right right around there so this was founded before jamestown and in fact i think they sent the spaniards sent an expedition up to jamestown to run the english out <laughs> <laughs> but i think by that time the uh, the uh the jamestown development settlement had sunk into the mire so that was the end of that but the uh the city here has been under control of the spanish the French, the Spanish, the British, the Spanish, and finally, as you know, in 1821, Andy Jackson negotiated a treaty with Spain, and we got it. He actually marched in here uh, back in the 18 te- late teens, and without permission from from Congress, by the way, he just did what he wanted. He was a real guy, real character, you know. Well, he was Andy Jackson. He was Andy Jackson. He kind of did what he wanted, so yeah, he just right. sort of marched in here. Now, there wasn't much here, you know, a handful of uh, Spaniards defending a fort. And, then and Disney. Their, Disney was here already, I think. Disney was here. They had already <laughs> started buying land. <laughs> Walt was wandering around looking for more real estate. And uh, so we had we had Andy Jackson march in here, and he ran off the Spanish and then took it. And, you know, the number of Indians, Native Americans here was minuscule. That actually didn't grow until the 19th century when the uh, Plains Indians were being run off their their property and they all started saying, where the hell are we going to go and have some freedom? So they 
like everybody else, they came to Florida. <laughs> so let's go to the beach. Is, we'll, we'll talk about it down there. <laughs> well, we're the only free state. I mean, you yeah, know. That's right. <laughs> We've been that way for hundreds and hundreds of years. <laughs> but it's it's a really fascinating uh, area. It's just drop-dead beautiful. And uh, we thank Andy Jackson for his bravado and, and bringing us into the United States of America. So we're part of the family now. We appreciate Back then it. We, we were just an appendage. <laughs> By the way, did you know that Tampa Bay is the only peninsula of a peninsula in the United States, in the continental United States? The only peninsula of a peninsula. You got it. All in right. the continental United States. So that's Tampa's claim to fame. And St. Petersburg, someone named it the best city in America to live in this past week. Did you? I didn't hear that. Well, congratulations uh, yes, to St. Petersburg and everybody yeah, there. You, you go, boy. I love it. I love going through St. Petersburg. You got some nice speeches over there. Yeah. So did I tell you we were at the station meeting with the uh, honchos the other day? Of course, the, the station manager wasn't there. She ran off when she heard I was coming. Oh, she did not know. <laughs> something about something up in Ohio she had to right. take care she's, of. <laughs> she's managing two stations right now. So oh, oh, cut her some slack me. there, Doc. I thought it was me. No, 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 no. So at any rate, we're um, – we're meeting at the station, and guess who comes up? Stan and what's his sidekick's name? James. Uh, son. James. James. Yeah, James. Yeah, James and Stan. J- nice guys, and Stan's quite a character. He's uh, very talented, by the way. I didn't know he could do all the voices and all that. Oh, yeah. He, he was saying some nice things about you on his show this morning, Green Thumb. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so. yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice guy. By the way, he did have a heart transplant a couple of years ago. He did, did yeah. you know that? I sure did, yeah. And did you know that he got a young woman's heart? A no, I didn't know that. Girl's heart? Yeah. And so Explains the question is, like um, you know, we, so we're not quite sure. Do, is, does he, he's a man with a woman's heart? Does he feel like a woman feels? Well, we'll have to talk to him about that. I see. I didn't know that. I'll ask yeah, him next time we, he's in here. Yeah. We're going to have to talk to him. And, and should we see if we can get him a spot doing a Bud Light commercial? Because, <laughs> I mean, he's sort of, you know, a little bit transgender. I guess that that would be true, and and, and um, we'll see if he's into lace now and things like that. So. Yeah, well, he did have this funny-looking hat on. <laughs> <laughs> no, Stan's a great guy. So is he's James. He's a great guy. He's a great guy. By the way, we're going to put on an event, and I think it's on June 25th, Sunday, at the station. So we're going to have an open house for all of you listeners, everybody who wants to come and see us do a show and Watch my wife put my makeup on, and and Ken put his <laughs> fake ear on, and <laughs> whatever else we're gonna do, and we'll actually have the studio open. And you'll be able to stand and watch, and uh, we'll probably even have a microphone set up. We're gonna open up the back. Oh, I would think so for questions, yeah. <clears throat> which we can probably get a few hundred people in. Well, we'll see how and many think- show up. I think it's uh, gonna be a fun day. Yeah, and, and Mary said we're going to have refreshments. Now, she probably is thinking Handelman will pay for it, but <laughs> <laughs> I got news for her. She she has owed me for years because, you know, with our contract, we're supposed to have a remote, live remote every year, which is expensive for the station because you got to bring the truck. And got Robert, engineers and all that stuff, yeah. you got to bring it, yeah. So she owes me. So I'm going to get, I'm going to shake that girl bad. So. I'm going to shake her down. <laughs> <clears throat> So that'll be fine. Yeah. Come out and see us. Yeah. Uh, by the way, we're staying at the Hilton, and I said I'd give them a shout-out because they've been very, very kind in helping me set up for the show today. Where are you? And, uh, where are you? Are you outside? You sound like you're outside. 
Yes, I'm outside. We're on the we're on the pool deck, and I've got the camera facing the uh, the water. And if you're watching, I don't know if it went live or not. It says go live every time I click it. Nothing happens. So mm. um, we may just be broadcasting to ourselves here. <laughs> That's never the I case when good. you're on the radio. I look really good. <laughs> and uh, so. Still there, Doc? So, there you are. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing I'm sorry. I'm just looking at something here. I have a channel there, and uh, I'm trying to figure out which error it is, and we'll just turn that off and see if we can do it again. But at any rate, we are live in St. Augustine, Florida. Remember when computers were going to make our lives so much easier? Well, they have it a lot of ways, but, you know, the, the thing is is, is we're, we're doing our thing here, and... Uh, we're doing the best that we can. Yeah, but, it's, it's experimentation, right? Yeah, you know, it's yeah. it's a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Took you out of your home studio and it, yeah, take, they're they're treating me like like dog to do here. <laughs> <laughs> but at least we can probably get it out on Facebook. I don't know. We'll we'll try that. Well, it is so, on the radio, so you always got that. It's on the radio, and that's the most important thing. And. Um, and so we're we're looking at at uh, doing a radio show here, and we're talking about guess what today is. Today is the fourteenth. And what is the fourteenth of May? It's Mother's Day. You got it. Buddy. Oh, my. It's Mother's Day. <laughs> That's so I right. Wish, I want to wish moms everywhere a happy Mother's Day, and you know I'm always dissing my wife on the radio, so now I got to talk nice about her. She's out here halfway listening to the show. <laughs> Try to behave, or she'll kick me. Catching some rays, is she? Yeah, yeah, catching some rays and listening to Doctor Bill. By the way, she did a really good job with Zeke, with my son. Uh, she's a stepmother, but uh, he loves her to death. God knows why, Ken. I mean, she's <laughs> wicked evil to that child. <laughs> well, I'm glad they. Her. I'm glad they have a great relationship. They do. They have a great relationship, and. Uh, you know, it just goes to show you, you know, women will pitch a fit. They don't want a pet. They don't want a kid. They don't want this. But once you get something live in the house, eventually they get attached to it. Have you <laughs> noticed that? And, you know, they want to take care of it. It's, it's instinct. What can you do? I, I guess and, so, yeah. And she did a good job. And she's always fussing about him. Oh, he's got to learn to stand on his own two feet and be independent. And he'll call her, Oma, Oma, which is, uh, which is Oriental for mom. Oma. Can you buy me a plane ticket to Vail? I want to go skiing. <laughs> <laughs> Which she does. For God, God, I don't know. Oh, they get in these hey, horrific fights. My wife yeah. right now is on a European cruise with my daughter. There you go. For Mother's Day. So. There you go. So uh, they used to get in these horrific fights when uh, when he was a teenager. And I'd run in my room and lock the door, and I had this. I'd bought two-inch oak doors when we built our house, so you couldn't break in very easily. And they'd pound on the door, both of them would stand there pounding. You have to come out and take my side. I ain't coming out there. <laughs> That's no man's land. And I thought, oh, my God, this is the end of the world. She's going to throw him out of the house. And in the morning, they're arm in arm. Go figure. Huh? Well, you know. Moms and sons. That's the way it is. As long as they're happy now. As long as they're happy. You know a famous mother who we never give recognition to? You remember George Washington, our first president? Sure, heard of him. His, yeah, his mother was Mary, and she was a widow, 
And instead of, at that time, if you were a widow and you had kids, usually you remarried. And they were often marriages of convenience. But uh, she had a farm. She had slaves. She had property and all that. And uh, she had all these, she had three or four kids that she raised. She raised them by herself. And uh, she was a really tough woman. And people say that she was cold to Washington, but actually she was just acting in the, uh, the way mothers did in that day, which was to make your kids independent because it was a tough country. Um, now we're more coddling, but uh, back in those days, you know, you had to get up and get going. Yeah, you, and, there was no government help. And she did amass a, a nice little estate, uh, which uh, she left to George. Certainly and, it became Mount Vernon then. Yep. Well, he married uh, Martha Custard, and uh, they combined their two empires. And do you know that Washington was worth in today's money, when he died, a half a billion dollars? He oh. was the only one of the founding fathers that came out smelling like a rose. He really did a good job. He was, uh, he was astute. His mother taught him to be tough. Um, he liked the outdoors, so he did well with the Continental Army. And uh, he didn't go home for five years. Did you know that? No, I didn't. He stayed with, he stayed with the Continental Army from 76 to 81, 1776 to 1781 at Yorktown. He finally went home. <clears throat> and he had not seen his, his own home for five years because he was off fighting with He was creating soldiers. a country, yeah. Wow. He was creating a country. And he was a penny pincher, as most billionaires are, you know. I hate those guys. I hate them. <laughs> well, he, he never lived in the White House, did he? The White House was, John Adams, no, I think, was I, the first one for the White House. The White House was being built when John Adams got there. And so Thomas Jefferson was the first to live in the White House after it was completed. And he called it splendid misery. <laughs> he was all alone. Nobody, he, None of the senators, nobody wanted to come see him, you know, because he was the president. You know, it was like going to see the king. And even now, you know, Lyndon Johnson complained. He used to play cards with Barry Goldwater and all of his old cronies in the Senate and the House. And when he became president, they wouldn't come over. Well, that's so, sad. Poor LBJ. Yeah. Lost all so his friends. Rate, and then uh, Mr. Madison, he made sure that the White House got burnt down because he <laughs> picked a fight with the British on our turf. Yeah. That's, that's where we learned the word forward deployment. Don't invite the enemy to your turf. Go to their turf. <laughs> you don't want a home game in war. Right. Burn their you cities want an away down. Game. Yeah. <laughs> so at any rate, uh, Mary Washington uh, was the mother of our first president, the father of our country, the uh, most successful businessman of, of his age. Uh, and also, do you know his mother, although they were struggling, she put out the money to send him to get dance lessons when he was a kid. <laughs> she did. Really? Because, yeah, because if you wanted to move in high society at that time, you had to know how to dance. Uh, so sure, guess the, who yeah. all the women wanted to dance with? George he Washington. Was the, he was the premier dancer of his generation. Mm-hmm. And they would line up at, at balls to dance with him. Yeah, I forget that. And, you know, there was nothing else to do. Well, I mean, I could think of a couple of things. Well, but, for the for the most part... For the most part. If you wanted to get together with a group of people. Yeah, well. I mean, a really big group. So then he was also the best horseman of his his contemporaries. 
So he was a, an amazing man, and we thank his mother, Mary Washington, for giving us such a jewel, such a gem, such a, a great man and uh, a brilliant guy. You know, we think of Jefferson as the brilliant one of the uh, of the founding fathers. Actually, Hamilton was the real genius, but uh, George Washington, he was really an everyman. He was he started off as a surveyor. He was in the uh, colonial militia and fought in the French and Indian War. He was uh, 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 a statesman. He was a military leader. He was a farmer. Um, he had the most successful of all the founding fathers uh, uh, plantation because guess what he got out of early? He got out of tobacco and cotton and he went into hard red winter wheat. Believe it or not, it was worth its weight in gold in Europe. No kidding. Worth, worth its weight in gold. So he got rich off of that. Then when the whiskey uh, act, whiskey tax uh, act was passed in the early 1790s, 1793, 94, um, he had already decided to start a distillery, which was successful. So he had a distillery. He also bought a, a, a mill, a big mill, which was run by uh, water power at that time. That was before the steam engine had gotten a lot of traction. Quite the entrepreneur, and, huh? Quite the entrepreneur. And he actually uh, tweaked the, the millstone. If you've ever seen those things, they're huge. They're, you know, they're like uh, 15 feet across and a, a foot or two thick, and they're round, and they weigh a few tons. And, uh, and you have two of them together, when there's little uh, rills or rivulets in it, to allow the grain after it's been crushed, the flour to filter down to the catch basin. He also invented his own thrashing floor so that he could thrash the wheat. You know, you have to get the, the grain uh, uh, separated from, from the straw, from the chaff. Right. And so he, what he did is he built an elevated uh, room that had all these narrow slats in it, and uh, they were close enough together that the horses or mules or donkeys could walk around it. It was round, and uh, but uh, big enough that the grain could fall through it, but not the shaft, not the, not the straw. So and the screen, so, he had a screen there kind of thing. It was, like, it was like a screen, yeah. And so they would walk around in a circle, the horses. They were tethered to the center pole and drag a, um, you know, a sled behind them that would grind and crush this up. And the grain would fall down to the first floor. And uh, it was pretty cool, pretty cool. So he could mass produce grain uh, and wheat, and then he sold it in Europe, and he got rich doing that. Smart guy. Yeah. Did he actually have wooden teeth? I don't think he did. Uh, they were made out of uh, ivory, probably whale tusk. Hmm. And that's why they look discolored, because, as you know, ivory uh, will, will start to yellow and stain after a while. But he did lose all his teeth. He died from, uh, he had tonsillitis, what they called Quincy back then. And he probably aspirated uh, because he couldn't swallow. His tonsils were so swollen up. Ah, uh, but for a shot of penicillin. Uh, yeah, no kidding. Something you and could have taken died. care of in a half an hour, you know? Yeah, oh yeah. Well, yeah. they didn't call me. And that reminds me, you need to call Dr. Bill if you're really having problems, medical problems. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Now, Ken, I want to move on to another famous mother. Now, who's that? Guess, who? guess. I'll give you a guess. Dr. Bill's mom? Dr. Bill's mom, Catherine Cecilia Bonarowski Handelman. God, what a great lady. Jesus. 
I'll tell you, my mother uh, was born in in Steubenville, Tiltonsville, Ohio, which is in southeastern Ohio. Her father was uh, an immigrant uh, from Poland. Her mother was too, and they met over here and married. And her father worked in the coal mines in southeastern Ohio. And he also uh, had a truck garden. And he was also kind of a, a, a brutish old goat. I think he, I never knew him, but my mother doesn't say much, so I'm guessing that she didn't care a whole lot for him. At any rate, her older sister died uh, when they were cleaning houses. They would clean houses on the weekend for as maids to make some money when they were in high school. And her sister fell out of a second-story window and Ooh. broke her neck. Ooh. And then her mother died a couple of years later, so all of a sudden she's a 16-year-old girl, and she's the oldest girl in the house. And her father said, well, now that you're the oldest girl, you have to stay home. And she was the top of her class at Steubenville High, which is also where uh, Dean Martin graduated from a few years after her, of course. Oh, they were in school at the same time. I think he was probably uh, a little younger. She was, yeah, when yeah. she was a senior, I think he was an eighth grader or mm. something like that. So I doubt they knew each other. At any rate, so she went and complained to the principal and the school counselor or whatever they had back in those days. And guess what? They sent the truant officer out because at that time in Ohio and still in Ohio, you're supposed to go to school till you're 18. And if you don't go, the truant officer comes out and gets you or your parents, one of the two. And so they went and told the old man, you don't let her go to school. We're going to lock her up. We're going to lock you up, not her. So she got to finish high school. She was valedictorian. She was a star of her senior play. Um, she went to Kent State and got a two-year degree in, in English an associate degree, and she taught English back at that time. You could teach with an associate degree. And <clears throat> she saved her money, went back and finished her college degree at Kent State. She went to University of Louisville School of Medicine, graduated in the early 40s, 42, 43. And then she uh, went into a pediatric residency, which is where my father encountered her, encountered her. And he actually went into this pediatric residency so he could chase her skirt. <laughs> And we're like, Mom, what were you thinking? Why did you let this man marry you? <laughs> and uh, so she graduated, and she started work. She was a liberal, and uh, she was a true liberal, though. She just didn't talk about it. She worked for the state health department, and she was uh, one of the traveling doctors, one of the few traveling doctors, and she would set up well baby and neonatal clinics in eastern and western Kentucky and the underserved areas where they had never seen a doctor before. So she was the first doctor that a lot of people in the state ever saw. They'd never seen a doctor before. You know, they had visiting nurses, but that was about it. So she did that. And of course, she pushed uh, immunization. As you know, I'm a big immunization guy. And she uh, actually served on three presidential councils on youth and child welfare. She was the chairman one year, and I've got a, a, a letter from Vice President Barkley, who was the vice president under Truman. Truman was between FDR and Eisenhower, for those of you who don't remember, apologizing for not making the meeting. Wow. Hand-typed, hand-typed and hand-signed. Wow. <laughs> Pretty cool. Yeah. Well, she, and, she must have been one of the only women in her class. There, I think there were two women. Yeah. Yeah, back then. I said, Mom, how did they treat you? She said, they treated me like a queen. She said, I didn't have any problems at all. 
And my sister said, we didn't have the same opportunities you did, Billy, to go to medical school. I'm like, your mother was a doctor in the 1940s. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> That's my oldest and my youngest sisters. They, you know, you know, kids, some kids get along with dad, some with mom. Right. You know, he picks a side. They pick dad's side. Mm. Of course, they're the drunken sociopathic ones. But, uh, <laughs> did I say that? I I'm think sorry. so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of took after the old man well happy mother's day to your mom and mom's everywhere today oh she was something else so she actually met uh dwight eisenhower's brother david who was uh, a doctor and uh she also was instrumental in integrating schools in kentucky the public schools. she was the chairman of a committee in 1950 to look into integrating the public schools pretty cool she had, how did she find time to raise you I don't know. I mean, you know, she did have, she was coming home one night from her state gig and she ran off the road and she said she almost killed herself. And at that point she said enough. And so then she got a, a gig with the county. She was the uh, pediatrician for the wards of the county, the, the foster children and the, uh, the kids that were in the lockup and the, the kids that were, uh, uh, that were orphaned that were waiting to be adopted. So they had this big village where they had all these kids housed, except for the criminals, that was called Ormsby Village. And she would take me out there and I'd play with the kids out there. And that's where I learned to be a thug. I started <laughs> my thug career there. We were stealing milk from the milk cow. You remember what a cow was? Oh, sure. It was a big machine and had a handle on it and you pulled it down and milk came out. And we called it a cow. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've seen them. That was pretty cool. So that, that was my mother, who was a, just a stellar woman and uh, a real gem of a person, loved her to death. Uh, I wouldn't be here without her, obviously, but I mean, I wouldn't be in the position I'm in. You know, I followed in her footsteps. I majored in English. She did her internship at, at the Public Health Hospital in New Orleans, and I did my internship in New Orleans, too. Uh, it was pretty interesting and fascinating to walk the same halls that she had walked, uh, what, 30, 40 years before me. It was interesting. I said, Mom, how'd they treat you when you were an intern? She said, Billy, the women took care of me like I was their daughter because she was a female and a doctor. And all the, all the staff, you know, the kitchen and the housekeeping and everybody, they were almost all women. So there was always clean clothes and clean sheets. She had a tray at her bedside every time she was on call. And, you know, they'd come in and check on her and uh, just really an amazing story and the way she was treated. Uh, I don't know where this idea came that that women were mistreated if they went to medical school. I, you know, I'm, I think what happens is that when you go on surgery rotation, everybody's mistreated. Man. <laughs> the, the surgeons are like, you know, they're they got a whip in one hand <laughs> and, a, and a Sabinson's textbook of surgery in the other, and they're they're either beating you with the book or the whip. But that's the way it is. And if you if you don't have the the thick skin for it, then you're not going to be uh, you're not going to be successful in the surgical pursuits. But you know, it's a it's a rough profession. It's very militaristic, and uh, you got to toughen people up a little bit. <clears throat> they don't do it as much as they used to because all the women coming in are complaining that it's too brutal on them. So that's all right. Well, your mom was heck of a lady. I can tell. She was she was a tough one. She'd say, "Billy, get out there and do it." Just do it. <laughs> you can do it. I'd come home with all A's and a B. Why'd you get a B? <laughs> you, know? 
you need to get that grade up. I'm on, Mom, I got, I'm on the, the you know, honor roll. Well, I'm on better. Well, she always, which was good. always wanted you to strive for your best. Yeah, Look where you are she, today. You wanted to strive. Yeah, you strive for the best. That's, That's what right. you do. Doc, it's about time to take a break. How about a question? You got one for me? I do. It's a, it's a simple oh. one today. You've been okay. listening to the show. You know the answer. Absolutely, you know the answer. Where is Doc doing the show from today? First person with Yahoo! A, First person with the correct answer at 877-969-8600. That's 877-969-8600. 877-969-8600 will win two. Dr. Bill, your Radio MD coffee mugs. First person with the correct answer today. Where is Doc doing the show from today? 877-969-8600. Doc, we'll be back in a little bit. I'll be right here, guy. We'll see you in a few. I'm Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. Here's the latest from the Answer News Center. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. Turkey is voting today in pivotal parliamentary and presidential elections that are likely to be tightly contested and could be the biggest challenge to President Erdogan. It's faced in two decades in power. The vote will either grant the increasingly authoritarian Erdogan a new five-year term in office or set the NATO member country on what his opposition contender calls a more democratic path. Three weeks since launching his re-election campaign, President Biden confronting a sweeping set of problems. His advisors tell him, govern well, you'll win again. That's going to be tough. He's facing a showdown with Congress over the debt limit, chaos at the border, and a pivotal foreign trip meant to sustain Ukraine and constrain China. And the city of Buffalo will pause today to mark the one-year anniversary of a white supremacist gunman killing 10 black people at a supermarket. This is SRN News. AM 860, The Answer. Listen on our website, theanswertampa.com. 93.7 FM. W229DJ Dunedin. By downloading The Answer Tampa app or on TuneIn or Odyssey. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical. Located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Full service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care and a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of CanCare, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. With social distancing and sheltering in place, telemedicine is here. Bay Area Medical, home of CanCare Clinic, offers telemedicine for new and established patients. You can see me without an office visit. Schedule an appointment at 727 384 When it's time for your appointment, type this web address into your cell phone or computer web browser, doxy.me forward slash Bay Area Med. A cell phone works well and is all you really need. For computers, you need a web camera and speakers. We'll give you this address when you call for your appointment. We accept most insurances and travel insurances. Canadians and visitors, please call your travel insurance company for an authorization number prior to the visit. Co-pays and deductibles apply. Self-pay rates are available. Just ask. We accept credit cards, PayPal, and Stripe. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. 
Dr. Bill here. My friends at St. Pete MRI and Sleep Diagnostics are your best choice for state-of-the-art MRI, CT, and sleep studies. Quality unsurpassed. 25 years experience makes St. Pete MRI my go-to imaging center. Self-pay rates are competitive and out-of-pocket cost a fraction of a hospital. Conveniently accessible from both sides of the bay at 750 94th Avenue North, St. Pete, near the Gandhi, 727-577-2220, 727-577-2220. The latest from AccuWeather at the top and bottom of the hour, only on AM860, The Answer. For today, times of clouds and sunshine for Mother's Day, the high 90. Mainly clear, stargazing night tonight, low 72. Mostly sunny, comfortable to kick off the new week tomorrow, high 92. Partly sunny on Tuesday, high 90. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Ruth O'Brien for AM860, The Answer. Download our free app or visit AccuWeather.com for more. little relaxing beach music there i'm dr bill your radio md i got ken by my side and we're doing a radio show this morning we were going to do video but i don't know what's going on i I think the wi-fi here by the pool is not strong enough ken could be yeah could be but we'll we'll get it next week anyway well we do have people listening on the radio doc and we have a winner all right who we got this week joan girardi of Clearwater, Florida. Joan Girard, Joan Girardi of Clearwater. You are today's winner. She knew that you are broadcasting from St. Augustine. St. Augustine. That's right. He's on location today. She's got two Dr. Bill, your Radio MD coffee mics coming your way, Joan. So thanks for calling in. Congratulations. And thanks to everybody who called in. Try and win today. We appreciate you and we love you, Joan. Thanks, baby. So we're uh, we're actually at the uh, the Hilton hotel which is at the historic waterfront and uh, unfortunately i can't broadcast because i don't know why but the video but we'll 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 save it and play it later <clears throat> and uh this is a nice hotel ken so i want to give it a little shout out best restaurant in town we were unimpressed with the other restaurants we went to but the one here is really good i mean they really have a good chef surprisingly really nice staff uh, very helpful helped me set up for the show um, beautiful layout, nice old building. And convenient, convenient to everything? Oh, yeah, you're right on the waterfront here. And so you can get the hop-on, hop-off bus right down the street. And uh, you can walk out back, and you're already in the old town. It's pretty neat. And the, we went to the Leitner Museum, which is fascinating. He was a 19th, early 20th century entrepreneur. And he actually bought one of the old hotels down here that had gone under to store his collections he was a collector and he had the hobby magazine fascinating and so when he died um, the city turned it into uh, city hall and also they have the Leitner museum he's got a little bit of everything he even has a toaster collection <laughs> that's for the well-heeled i guess well, okay yeah and the well-bred there you go <laughs> So at any rate, uh, a nice town, and the the Flagler uh, University is just drop-dead gorgeous. It's really beautiful. And it has the the house, which I guess was Flagler's, and then they turned it into the college. It has the largest collection of stained glass windows of anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the world. And, of course, the beach is here, St. Augustine Beach, and uh, that's beautiful. And then you're just... uh, 
30 minutes away from uh, Jacksonville, which is a great city. Have you been there? I've been through Jacksonville. Never stayed there. Oh, nice city. Really down by the waterfront. They've really done a good job with it, and there's plenty to do. So uh, we're, we're pitching Florida, everybody. We're pitching Florida. I stayed in uh, St. Augustine on a trip down to see the shuttle take off. Yeah, yeah, isn't it a nice town? Went through Jacksonville. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. I so I Elon Musk. What about Elon? <laughs> he's back in the news. So uh, he is being criticized because he turned off Twitter in Turkey this week uh, because Erdogan was pitching a fit. You know, they've got elections going on. And Erdogan, I guess, threatened him and said, if you don't turn it off and I get reelected, you're not going to be allowed to have Twitter there. And so people are saying, oh, see, he said he was for, you know, freedom of the speech. And here he is shutting it down in Turkey. And he's saying, look, all I'm doing is defending the uh, right to have Twitter. And uh, we'll work out the, the, the bad parts of it later. But, you know, if Erdogan, who's pretty much a dictator, says he doesn't want it, well, what are you going to do? Yeah. Well, he, he just put a new CEO in charge at Twitter. He did. He's I think got so. A new, yeah. new female coming in. I, I forget her name. Um, I think she was at Comcast. Is that, is that right? Could be. Could be. Would make sense. And, yeah. Yeah. And she uh, she apparently has a lot of experience, and hopefully she will be uh, uh, a good businesswoman in that position. And he's going to take over as the chief uh, information officer. So he's going to keep an eye on what's coming in and going out and make sure that them them bad boys on the Catholic and Jewish side of my family, which is, you know, I'm half and half. Right. They, they try. They like censorship. They don't they don't like us conservatives. Kind of hurts my feelings, too, because, you know, I'm half and half. <laughs> well, anyway, Doc, we love you. I appreciate that. And I love you, too, Ken. What you doing later, big boy? <laughs> I'm going to so, drive uh, over there and get one of them great meals at the Hilton. Yeah, yeah. So he's got the new CEO. And uh, you know what? Uh, you know Warren Buffett, Berkshire Hathaway. Warren Buffett is the uh, legendary investor from Omaha, the Wizard of Omaha. And uh, somebody asked him about Elon at the annual meeting this year. You know, you, you can get a share for like $250,000. He's never split the shares. So you can get a share for two hundred fifty to three hundred thousand dollars in Berkshire Hathaway, which is a big holding fund, and he's been a real uh, genius of an investor. Wonder why he never split. Wonder why that never went to a stock split. Make it more attractive to those of us who can I afford. I guess that's yes. true. Yeah. Keep the peasants out. <laughs> <laughs> so at any rate, somebody asked him about Elon Musk. He says, "Don't compete with him. You can't." So, meanwhile, startup uh, electric car companies like Fiskar and a couple others are going under. And uh, GM and Ford are losing money hand over fist on their electric cars. I don't know of anybody that's making any money on electric cars other than Elon. Hey, well, even, even Elon dropped his price. Yeah. Hey, Myung Chu, is anybody making money on electric cars other than Elon? She says that uh, Hyundai Hyundai's making small money, uh, but uh, everybody else is on a losing streak. And she, she's like Elon Musk's uh, biggest groupie, so mm-hmm. she knows all about Elon. Well, I'm imp- I've always been impressed with Elon. 
and he, I think he started his own lithium battery com- company down in Mexico and in Texas. I'm, I'm sure I he's... I think he's a big investor in one of them down there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's doing that. By the way, you know, I had talked about California having those huge reserves of lithium in the past. Yes. As you recall. And, the, you know, the Californians being ecologically correct and, uh, of course, the rest of us being heathens, uh, <laughs> they... Uh, they didn't want anybody mining their lithium because it would destroy some little small patch of land where the yellow-backed, green-pimpled turtles lived, and they didn't want to hurt their, hurt their their environment. So now, guess what? They're doing an about-face. Now they're letting who, somebody in there, huh? Yeah, well, guess who was in there and out of there and doing the real estate deals? Nancy Pelosi's husband. Oh, well, certainly. So now, now it's now okay. They, now it's fine. Now it's fine. Now, now that now that it's worth a lot more money, <laughs> so now we've got uh, uh, an ability to tap lithium. But guess what? We're short of on other things. Uranium. We're short on uranium. You were short on uranium because we quit mining it because we were shutting down all of the nuclear power plants. But we actually brought one back online recently. I think. I think. I'm, I want to say Tennessee. But I can't remember. But there was one that was sitting idle. It was completed, but they never they never stoked it up. They never uh, fueled it up. And uh, now that we're in an energy crunch, and Papa Joe and his left wing loonies want us to all quit using uh, coal, quit burning coal in our fireplaces, um, which, by the way, I quit a long time ago down here in Florida. <laughs> in fact, I got rid of my fireplace. <laughs> So we have enough. We have enough uranium in the in the mountains. It's just we've we haven't gone to get it. Well, yeah, you don't want to hurt the mountain, do you? Well, you don't want to cut a big hole in the mountain. Somebody may no, see you it. No, I mean, you know, mountains are living. They have a life, and and why should we harm them to save ourselves? But uh, at any rate, the Russians are like, we don't care. To hell with the mountains. We'll <laughs> chop those suckers right down and get the uranium. But now they're mad at us, you know, because we're supplying the Ukrainians and taking a stand against them. So now we're in a delicate dance to uh, get u- uranium from them. Well, now they want to be paid in, guess what? Rubles. You got it, buddy boy. So we got a little Mexican standoff down here in Florida, halfway between the United States and Russia, which is geographically very interesting. I think we have uranium down here. I'm going to start digging tomorrow. Yeah, I think we could probably come up with our own uranium if we tried. Oh, yeah. So. But a lithium, we got to go get the lithium. Now Elon says there's tons of lithium available, but the the uh, the, the uh, smelting it and the purifying it is the problem. You can mine it, but refining it is a, a big deal. Whoa, what's going on there? You got some. We got a big motor. Biker big Sunday there. Mother, the mother's bikers going by. Yeah, we got Harley's coming by, baby. <laughs> and so at any rate. Uh, that's where we're at with that, and the Europeans are fighting because I guess Finland or Sweden or somebody opened up a new nuclear reactor recently, and of course all the green people are like, "Oh, you're going to kill us with nuclear waste." I'm like, yeah, "Well, it's not a bad idea. We could store <laughs> it in there <laughs> at their headquarters." <laughs> no, we need more nuclear. Nuclear would solve a lot of our problems for a while. Oh, you know, I've been saying this since the 1960s when I was a kid. You know, I studied it because I was a nerd and a jock. I was a nerd jock. And uh, I, I actually built a 
little crude uh, reactor model for a science project in seventh or eighth grade. And it's pretty fascinating how they work. They're just big uh, heat heaters. They just they're big steam plants. They heat the water up, turn it into steam. Turns steam the turbine. drives the turbines. That's yeah, it. that's yeah. all it does. And the the only problem is uh, containment and storage. And the containment buildings are way overbuilt, but that's okay. And the storage is really pretty easy. You just encase it in uh, in glass, and you drill down into the bedrock, and you drop it in. Well, if you can put, up. if you can put one down a submarine, I would think. Well, you could, if you could take it down to the uh, Continental Fault there and just let it sink back into the core, that'd work too. Yeah. The other thing we can do is once Elon's got enough of his little rocket ships going, we could shoot it to the sun. What the heck? Just fire it off. Shoot it back where it came from originally. Yeah, shoot it back where it came from. I mean, everything's ground back into stardust eventually anyway. That's so right. what's the difference? No, that's a great so, idea. But then they're going to say, well, if you, what if that rec- what if that rocket blows up as it's taken off and all this radioactive well, material on it? Just don't be under it. Just don't be under it. Exactly. Shoot it off over the Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> well, we'll shoot it off over the Atlantic. Yeah, shoot it off over Russia. There you go. Well, that's, that, that's not we'll an Give attack. it back to them. They can have their that's, uranium back. Well, Here you go, back. <laughs> Highly purified. <laughs> so pretty soon we're going to be buying uh, purified uranium from Iran. <laughs> yeah. No now kidding. that we've allowed them to have all the centrifuges they want. <clears throat> and we're probably selling them to them. Well, if we pay them enough, maybe they won't make any bombs out of them. Oh, no, they'll make bombs. Uh, of course they will. Of course they will. It's what they seem to want to do. So That's what they want to do. So Someday they'll pay uh, the price. So. Yep. So all these startups are failing. All these electric car companies are failing. A few of them, like the big companies like Hyundai, Hyundai and... and uh, GM and Ford, they're they're making a little money, but you know they're not doing very well. They're they're still putting out a ton of money, but you know GM's got a big big uh, lithium plant that they've got going, lithium battery plant that they put up uh, over the past few years. I know that from my next door neighbor who works for GM. He's pretty high up. So well, we've got all G- this if GM on. can use them, they'll sell them to somebody else for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. And, you know, this is interim anyway. We're not going to long-term electric cars are not going to be the thing. We might see 20, 30, 40, 50 years of it, but we're going to have to switch to something else. It's just not going to fly. Probably fusion uh, and hydrogen, that'll be the future. Hydrogen, I think, is actually the future, Doc. You're right. That's what uh, George Bush II said. He did. Yeah, he did. He said hydrogen's the way to go. He wasn't stupid. He just sounded stupid. Uh, George was not stupid. George, I think, got nervous in front of cameras. He did not like public speaking. Yeah, so, but he was he not stupid not. at all. No, he was not. But uh, I could, uh, you know, hydrogen is the way to go, but it's, it's, it's very explosive, but so is gasoline, so. Yeah, well, you know, Stan's got a female heart, so he may have some intuition on this. <laughs> so we can ask him at his next show. <laughs> Well, Meanwhile, Stan was a black belt for a while, too. So, yeah, keep that, keep that in mind, Doc. Yeah. And his mother was in, in uh, uh, theater, I think he told me. She was an actress. That I don't know, but wouldn't surprise yeah. me. And that's where he learned to do all of his voices and have his stage presence. He does a pretty good Ronald Reagan. He does. He does a lot of imitations. Good guy. Yeah. So, meanwhile, back in Ukraine, the Russians are pulling out of. Uh, what is it, Bakhmut? Bakhmut, Bakhmut yeah. 
Bakhmut, yeah. And uh, the uh, the Wagner group, they're pulling out, and they say they're regrouping. And the Ukrainians are going in there and kicking butt. But it doesn't sound like they're really seriously fighting because uh, one of our Navy SEALs who just could not stop fighting went back and volunteered to be in the Ukrainian uh, Army. And uh, he actually fought. And I guess that he was either killed or killed himself or something at any rate. Daniel Swift, and he was one hell of a fighter. He was in his element. He liked to fight. I mean, there are people that just like to fight. You know, they like it, Ken. Sure. And uh, the Ukrainians are like, no, we're not going in there. That's too dangerous. I'm going. Anybody want to come with me? So, uh, you know, I guess there's probably a little bit of reticence on both the Ukrainian and Russian side because they have not been inured into war the way we have over the past 30 or 40 years with our little battle with uh, some of the Middle East schism groups but you know we've got some tough people that we've that we've uh, bred and trained here some of them like um, the adrenaline rush the, yeah and uh, you know so what i think once you get used to the noise and and the uh the over overcome your fear if you're in good physical shape and you got a brain you can figure out how to get around a lot of these quote quote fighters because they're not trained they're not trained i mean even a trained army like iraq we just we cut through them like butter you know, they were mostly conscripts, and uh, hell, most of them surrendered. <laughs> they did. They did. They Remember did. them they got... were surrendering the helicopters. <laughs> yeah, and they, and, they, and they were like, we're starving, we're thirsty, you know. Saddam left, left us out here with nothing. <laughs> well, yeah. that's, you know, they weren't ready for home rule, and uh, I guess they are now. They seem to be doing pretty good, but uh, the... Uh, the Shias have taken over control of the country, and the Sunnis, who are the minority and who were in control, um, I don't know how they're faring, but uh, at least there's not the uh, genocide that was going on. I think that the Kurds are still doing okay. Uh, Kurds are getting a, a little beat up from, from the Turks, uh, but that's because there are some Kurd terrorists that want to take part of eastern Turkey. And, you know, the Turks, they don't like giving up territory. They don't like giving up territory to anybody. Well, that's, why, that's why I stay out of that part of the world, Doc. Well, you know, I had some friends who just got back from uh, Istanbul, and they said it was marvelous. Uh, so I don't know. You know, I, I think if you stay out of politics, you'll be okay. By the way, that girl who was uh, that that was uh, the pro ball player that came back from Russia. Yes, right. She, she was freed. What was her name? I can't remember. I don't recall either, to tell you the truth. Guess what? At the professional ball game last night. She stood up for the uh, for the national anthem and saluted oh. the flag. How about that? All right. Well, she... And before she was one of these, uh, no, I'm not standing up. I'm protesting social injustice. Now that she's seen social injustice and knows what social injustice <laughs> really, really is, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, uh, I had to wait three three back in line to get my my uh, Dairy Queen uh, freezy, and uh, and that's that's racist. And you're you're. You're discriminating against me. I should be in the front of the line because my great, 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 great granddaddy was a slave. Okay. Come on to the front. We don't care. Well, (laughs) nothing like uh, leaving the U.S. Yeah, nothing like going and traveling and seeing how the world really is. To make you appreciate it. And appreciate what you got here. I mean, you just don't realize it, Ken. Well, you do, but. I uh, do a little bit, yeah. Most people don't. I mean, you just. We've traveled Europe. We've traveled uh, a little bit in Asia, of course, in the in Central America and in the Caribbean, and Canada, even Canada. 
their, their press is so censored. It is so censored. Even the Canadians that come down to Florida, they're like amazed at how open we are. We, you know, we didn't know this. We did not know that, uh, you know, Donald Trump didn't say that or that uh, you can actually uh, do this or that. We, we can't do that in Canada. They don't tell us that. They don't have that in our newspaper. Well, we're going to head the same way if we aren't careful. And they're amazed you can actually get, you know, an MRI the next day here. <laughs> yeah, they're like, I said, well, you need an MRI. And they said, well, we're going back home in two weeks. And so we'll, we'll get it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> you if can you're really that. in a hurry, we'll get it tonight. <laughs> we'll find somebody that's open late. They're like, you can do that? Yeah, when well, you got more MRI scanners in Pinellas County than all of Ontario. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and did you know that, that Toronto is the third largest, uh, probably the second largest after, if you don't count Mexico City, it's probably the second largest city in North America. Is it Did really? You know that? No. Yeah, I mean it's huge. So you got it's, uh, you know, the Second City Comedy Club. Sure. That was in Toronto. I've been, I've, I've, I've been to Second City in Toronto. That's where we spent our, our honeymoon. Yeah. So the, they were. That was the original they, one. That they were referring to the fact that they were the second biggest city in the United States and, and uh, Canada, and uh, it was New York, Toronto, uh, and L.A. and Chicago. See, there's a Second City comedy. In Chicago, and we all thought it was because, you know, Chicago's got the uh, reputation of being the second city in the U.S. Yeah. Well, they... Uh, but they it actually came in, from Toronto. Toronto. too. Oh, didn't know and that. I think a lot, you know, I think a lot of the uh, the comedians that were in that, John right. Candy and... Uh, Danny you know, Aykroyd, those, I think. Danny Aykroyd, Danny Aykroyd, Aykroyd right? he's a Canadian, and uh, who was the guy that played uh, 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 in... Uh, oh, gosh, what's his name? You know, the they 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 were the two guys that had this show in their basement. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. It's not coming to me you. either, Doc. We're too old. Yeah, we're, <laughs> well, uh, they, they were from there, and all kinds of famous singers and uh, actors and actresses. Robert Goulet, who nobody knows who he is, but he was a Canadian. I think Perry Como was a Canadian. I think Bill Handelman was a Canadian. No, 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 he wasn't. He just acts like he is. He's been there so much, he thinks he's a Canadian. Well, my grandfather sneaked into the U.S. through Canada. So you're part Canadian. Well, no, he didn't stop. He just he, he just came from Poland and somehow got into Canada and uh, walked, oh, so, just walked across so you, the just walked across the border. So you got some Polish blood in you too. Uh, that's right. Exactly. Polish and German and Romanian, a little Romanian in there too. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So war is fun. That's what uh, Dan Swift said, and then he ended up getting killed or shooting himself or something. But he had a lot of domestic problems. You know, he couldn't adjust to life at home. He he liked to fight, which yeah. is okay. Some people are addicted to the adrenaline, you know. Yeah, some got that in their system. We got about a minute and a half here, Doc. What are we going to talk about, well, Dr. I think, Bill? You're... I think we talked about Dr. Bill's office and what you got to do. He should do it there. Yeah, let's do that. Let's talk about that because it's important for people to know what we have to offer because we've got a lot to offer, Ken. You know, we've got a full-service clinic. We can perform non-invasive cardiac procedures. We can uh, x-ray you. We've got plain x-ray, and uh, we draw labs, and we have some simple in-house labs. We can do rapid strep and, and uh, rapid uh, COVID testing and rapid flu testing and rapid mono testing, a bunch of things like that, urinalysis, uh, 
And for the Canadians, we've got our own in-house pharmacy, so we can uh, dispense. So we can dispense to Americans, but we're just not on any American plans. You have to pay cash. And uh, we've got uh, pulmonary function testing. We've got minor surgery. We, uh, Ken, we've got everything. You're a full-service doctor's office. We are a full-service clinic. We're kind of an old-timey clinic, and we do a lot. We take off skin cancers. We stitch up uh, lacerations. We open abscesses. We we did brain surgery last week. It wasn't very successful, <laughs> but, right. but we we tried. And that I think we'll say <laughs> goodbye, Doc. All right, I'm Dr. Bill, your Radio MD, 727-384-6411. Thank you for listening to Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. Join Dr. Bill every Sunday morning at 9 for more insight, information, provocation, and fun. Dr. Bill Handelman practices in St. Petersburg, Florida at Bay Area Medical Can Care Clinic, 6399 38th Avenue North. For your convenience, telemedicine appointments are available. Call his office today at 727-384-6411. That's 727-384-6411. Or visit his website at Clinic. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.